Hey everybody, welcome to this month's Metal Misconduct. We are once again coming to you from the beautiful palatial offices of the NHL here in Midtown Manhattan. It's actually a lovely day out. We are smack right literally right in the middle of the NHL playoffs. So it's a, it's a crazy time here, but a good time as well. And I'm Brian Slagle from Metal Blade as usual and always hanging out with me is Sean Rourke from NHL.com. Sean yeah, we've made this like our second broadcast home. How are you? Um, we've done so many uh, podcasts from here now, and uh, I'm I'm well. It's a rare time that I'm home in uh, in the office in mid May, but uh, I'm trying to enjoy it. I've been in Nashville for the last two rounds. Uh, needed a little break, <laughs> yes, <laughs> to recover, and uh, back at her soon when the finals start. Sounds good, and uh, we are very pleased to be joined in the stu- well. It's not really a studio, but whatever it is, the here. conference room, the conference room at conference room number six at uh, the NHL offices, by our good friend, previous guest, and uh, funny dude, Don Jameson. Thank you. It's good to be. I feel like I'm in trouble in here in this conference room. <laughs> yeah. This is this is not an HR meeting, although it might look like one. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. been in a few of these in my early days. <laughs> That's why I got into comedy. There's no HR department. Son, we have an issue. <laughs> we heard you slept with two of the waitresses from the Funny Bone in Columbus. Uh, sorry, it slipped. <laughs> what can you do? No, it's great to be here. And I'm not just saying that because I want your boss to hire me for the NHL award show. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Gorgeous offices. I'd love to spend a little more time up here. They're nice. Yeah. Yeah, this is where all the business gets done, baby. Right. This is where the sausage is made. Exactly. Well, you should just come out for the awards and maybe you can, you know, just kind of be there. Somebody falls through or they need, you know, they need a funny voice. Well, that's, I could. Like at the All-Star game when the cheerleader had to do the national anthem. Uh, the King's cheerleader had to do the national anthem because uh, one of the girls from the band that was supposed to do it, which I already forgot, got sick. She killed it. You uh, were there. Oh, yeah. I so was there, a, so I wasn't repaying If attention. a better-known comedian drops out, I'll be there exactly. to fill you'll in. Be, nope, you'll be, you'll be the wiser. They'll hand you some cue cards. You'll be ready to go. All right. Good. I don't need – I'm a professional, Sean. I don't need cue I'm cards. Wait, waiting in the wings. You know, and I'll plug my CD while I'm up there. So what happened to your Rangers? Well, to me, I, I've been saying it for three years. I, I, the guy will win a million games for you in the re, in the regular season, but you, you, he's not a closer. I'm sorry, Lundqvist is not a closer. He, he can't finish. That's plain and simple. They should have got rid of him. They they should have traded him instead of Talbot. You know, and then got themselves got, it's, get it's, rid of Nash and get a real guy who the guy Nash was supposed to be. And look at Talbot. He even went farther than Henrik in the playoffs already this year. He's going to win a cup before Henrik does. Well, it's really interesting because I've talked to a lot of Ranger fans. And in New York, man, they, people are very passionate Ranger fans. But they all have different takes. Like generally people, like a few years ago, everybody was on the, the we don't like Rick Nash train. We still so, don't like him. So, yeah. So now they're on the we don't like Dan Girardi train, which I'm like, Dan Girardi was great. But uh, most people love Lundqvist. So it's interesting that you say that because I got into a, a really heavy uh, 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 discussion with a few Ranger fans the other night at he the did. Macedon show. And they were saying that, that, it, that Lundqvist was great and they got to get more people around him. And it was – so I don't know. I mean – That's what I, I – personally, that's what I think. And I'm I, not a huge Ranger follower. Sure. Um, but – yeah, but you never, know your stuff. They've never done. I don't think they've ever done him justice. I, to me, it's a lot like Ray Bork in Boston, right? You have the singular talent that can win a Stanley Cup, and you never put 
the pieces around him to win it. And someday Henrik Lundqvist is going to leave and he's going to go someplace else and he's going to have that opportunity and people are going to be like, wow, look at that. And the same thing that happened to Ray Bork all those years in Boston. Everybody's like, whoa, what a great defenseman he is. The Rangers do. I mean, the Rangers do have a good quality team. And I guess the biggest issue they don't have, certainly don't have a superstar center. And somebody, you know, we, Obviously, everybody rails on Rick Nash, but one I forget who it was. Some one of these talking head guys on on TV. Uh, I wish I could remember who it was, but they said that be wary of the best player on a bad team, which Rick Nash was for all those years in Columbus when Columbus was terrible. He was the best player, and they got him. And I mean, he's a very good player, but he's not the elite superstar I think they thought he was going to be. Is that? Fair to say. I think that is fair, but I also think he played his best playoffs. He was very good this year. This sure. year, which yeah. is a very low bar. I mean, in all honesty, and I think Rick would tell you that his playoff performances since he's come here has not been anything to write home about. But I thought this year he played a fantastic two-way game. I thought Zuccarello was great. Um, fantastic they, is a little little much. <laughs> for, was, for, for Rick. Because he's set the bar so low now yeah. that it's if he plays good, you go, oh, my God, he was fantastic. He was okay. Yeah. We, we need a sniper. We need a guy in there. You know, we need the man. We need a superstar. We need a Crosby. We, we, we need a, an Ovechkin. How about that? Well, you might get Ovechkin. How about that? A lot of, I, could see, I could see good a, things happening there. You a, know, Trump with Russia. Then Ovechkin <laughs> comes to New York. Yeah. He stays at the it's Trump Tower. Come on! <laughs> Let's go. See, but I I think if you look at the teams that are left in the playoffs, it's depth that gets them there, and that's why well, they the get Ottawa's case. Don't have when when the storyline for the early part of the series against the Ottawa Senators is, my God, look at what Tanner Glass has done. Sure. There's something wrong with your team. <laughs> well, I mean, look, and not to disrespect. Carlson, who's had a phenomenal playoffs, clearly he's not 100%. But, I mean, Ottawa's winning because they're hooking and holding and clutching and grabbing back to the 90s again. And for some unknown reason, that stuff's not getting called. And that's really – I mean, they're doing it now in this Penguin series and they the same thing in the Rangers series. So I think if the Rangers might have had a different opponent, they might have had a different outcome. But, I mean, but that was a weird, that was a weird series anyway because there were a couple games that were kind of nutty. Right, but and you not, see there's no – not only that – I mean, Ottawa's in the third round. They've won two games in regulation. I know, it's crazy. Two games in regulation. No, one game in regulation. They have, no, two, uh, three. Sorry. They have six. <laughs> six now it's up to five. Yeah. Six overtime <laughs> games, and they've they've won nine games. Yeah. Um, like, that's, uh, everything is on a razor line. I mean, either one of those games, look, the Rangers gave up two six-on-five goals. Yeah, well, they they couldn't finish. I mean, they they yeah, right. I mean, they were ahead with what a couple minutes left in a couple of those games. Yeah. And ended up losing. You right. can't do that in the playoffs. And, and you can't. God bless Pajot, but you can't give up four goals to I know Pajot. Well, that's the thing about game. Lundqvist is I mean, and look, he's great goaltender. He's had a phenomenal career. But I mean, at some point, it's also up to him because we kind of got into this with the with my other Ranger fans. I said, I'm just wanting something to him to make a big save. And they were arguing that, well, nobody's playing in front of him, so what, what can he do? I said, well, I mean, I get that. But, I mean, Grant Fuhr didn't have a lot of defense playing in front of him in Edmonton or even Billy Smith at some certain times. But those guys made a big save when they had, especially Grant Fuhr. I mean, he was the, he was like every, you know, it would be a 6-5 to five game and, and Edmonton's, you know, 
playing very little defense back then. Yeah. But he would make a huge save when he had to. That's why he ended up being so great. Well, a lot of big reason why they won so many cups with him. Too. Well, the reason why Ottawa beat the Rangers is a guy named Craig Anderson. So everyone puts this Lundquist up in the up here in the rafters already. Meanwhile, a guy named Craig Anderson, he stoned us. That's exactly what happened. And our goalie let in the winning goal. That's that's what it comes down to. We were shelling him that game, but he stopped everything. And and there's no big name goalies really in the playoffs, right? I mean, you know, the the, the Penguins goalie, okay, maybe, well, I mean, but, I mean, but you don't yeah, need. Yeah, technically was a backup. The backup yeah. <laughs> so. you, do, you don't need a big name goalie to 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 win a cup. So you know, I say you get rid of Lundqvist, you bring Grant Fuhr back, <laughs> then you have plenty of room under the cap for a sniper. He's like got a new hip, so he's fresh. That's right. That's yeah, so does my, so my grandmother, but I don't I want to play him, goal for the I Rangers. I saw him last year. And, uh, oh, Grant Fuhrer? Yeah, he was just getting, uh, just uh, he had just had, uh, I think it was hip or knee surgery. I think it was hip. Um, but I saw him at Gretzky. He has a fantasy camp in Vegas every year. Oh, yeah, yeah. And last year he brought in all They do the, it twice, by the way. They brought in all the old Oilers last year. So nice. it was uh, Samanko, all those guys were back in. Yari Curry. Um, what a fantastic week. Like, I couldn't go and play in it for numerous reasons. One, I couldn't afford the entrance fee. Um, <laughs> but to be able to hang out with the, with all those legends that he brings in, because it's such a great time. Sure. Um, spend a week in Vegas, play a little hockey, mm-hmm. um, go out for nice dinners. Yeah, I was I was actually there. They did it. They did it twice. They did it recently, like in I want to say in March or something. I didn't even know what was happening. And some one of my friends there said, "Yeah, we should go." But I was there for a little bit. I just I didn't have time to get out there. But it looked like it was fun. I think it'd be great. You put Grant Fuhr in goal, and then every time <laughs> like a shot goes off his head, it sounds like it's going off the post. It'd be yeah, great. Ding. Yeah, and maybe you bring Ray Bork out of retirement to take the place of Dan Girardi, right? No, I, I'm I Dan Girardi's the only guy I'm probably not mad at. Yeah, I thought I thought Girardi McDonough played played well. I really do. I think the uh, in all seriousness, I think I think I like the feel of Ovechkin coming in because well, well, the Capitals aren't closers, and he needs a change of scenery. Well, so you're going to bring in a non-closer or a non-closer? No, team? they're the team's a non-closer. He needs to be in the new environment. Well, that's an interesting. You know, that's an interesting thing because uh, it's actually been discussed. Uh, recently about, you know, what do you, what do the Caps do? Are they going to lose a bunch of guys? And what do you do with Ovechkin? Do you like, do you blow up the team and do you trade Ovechkin somewhere and get a bunch of stuff yes. back and try to do something? And certainly New York would be an interesting destination for him. And I'm sure from his point of view to be in a big city like this, but it's also an interdivisional thing. So that, I don't know how you, how you make yeah. that trade. That's, well, they already did it once, right? With Yager. Uh, yeah, that's true. So. Didn't work out so well, though. No. The but the there, other but. interesting thing is... But you, th- I mean, you, Sean... Well, so that's another thing that's come up. Well, let me ask you... So let's let's delve into the Ovechkin thing a little bit more then. So, I mean, do you realistically think there's a chance that the Caps would send him to either... Or he would go... I mean, he's got, what, four years left on his deal so far? Yeah. And he's got a no a, trade, so he'd obviously a, had to green light something. Yeah, and it's a big contract, Whoever's going to take him would have to move yeah, something. Like ten? What is he? Ten? Uh, he's up there. Nine, yeah, ten. Nine, ten. Um, but the, the I think the thing there is Ted Leonsis, who owns the Washington Capitals, knows that Alexander Ovechkin made hockey in Washington. Sure. He he made hockey relevant again in that city. Yeah. And, I can't see the trading. He him, owes but... a lot to Alex to the point where he's already said. Even if the NHL isn't going to the Olympics, Alex gets to go if he wants to. Sure. Like, that's a different relationship than any owner-player has, I think. So, 
even I think if the GM looks at the team, which he's doing right now, hasn't made himself available yet because he's still thinking about everything after what has to be an epic disappointment. Even if the GM comes and says, I think the best thing for this team going forward is to move Alex Ovechkin. How do you get Ted Leonsis to sign off on it? No, exactly. Yeah, I think it'd be. I think it'd be. It'd be a tough thing. I mean, it might be the right team, right thing for the team to do. But yeah, do you? And if he leaves, what what does that leave? I mean, it, you have to get an awful lot in return, I suppose. But then again, or you do could the just other, sign do the, other the guys you're throwing away to keep him. Exactly. You free up all that money. You sign T.J. Oshie. You sign Kuznetsov to a longer term deal, and you might be able to do. Um, you think about signing Chat and Kirk. You can do. It, but the it, problem, though, is if you if you sign all those guys and you like get rid of Ovechkin, you have a team Ovech, an Ovechkinless team that still didn't get past the second round. So I don't know if that really fixes the problems there. I mean, I really think, in my personal opinion, the problem in Washington. I hate to say this, is Braden Holpe. I mean, he's a very good goaltender, but again, he's not come up big in big games in the playoffs because I don't. I personally don't know that he's that elite goaltender that. That he's been in the regular season, he's a different guy in the, in the playoffs. It seemed, I mean, Medin he let in a lot of really questionable goals in that Penguin series. The only thing I'd be worried about Ovechkin coming to New York is the big, you know, the big time, the spotlight. Then next thing you know, him and Matt Harvey from the Mets are staying out till four in the morning. <laughs> they can't make their no, games. I don't, I think they got hangovers. Well, let me let me let me ask you this then. So what about? If it's Ovechkin and Holtby to the Rangers Ooh. for Lundqvist and, you know, pick a couple of guys. That, I mean, if, you, I mean, if you're Washington and you're going to try to resign everybody, you've got to try to win now. And clearly, you know, Lundqvist says, what is he, 34? So he's got Third, a No, he's 36. Is he 36? Oh, well, so then I he's really know, only got I a year I want to know where O'Rourke thinks he's going to, to win a championship. He's under contract through next year, so... If he goes to another team, he'll be 38. He's going to the World Championships right now. He's at the World Championships. He's there now. That his doesn't brother, help me. His brother He's is the, the captain. captain. Um, and he might not be able to play for Sweden in the Olympics, so it was a no-brainer. Um, but, no, I, I, I think that you put him – I think if you put him on a team that's full of depth if, – if he was on Anaheim right now, I bet you he could close. Lundqvist? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good possibility. If he was on Nashville right now, I bet he could close. Look, Pekka Rene is not a better goalie than Henrik Lundqvist. By any statistical measure, his best years are not as good. But Peck is playing in front of a pretty, pretty good team right now. Four deep D, probably six deep D. The bottom two don't get enough credit, but they don't play a ton. And then four solid lines with another three or four guys that they slide in and out of the lineup. Yep. The Rangers can't do. Like I said, when when you're talking about Tanner Glass having a huge impact, and I, nothing against <laughs> Tanner Glass, all Ranger fans hate Tanner Glass. And I was over the moon when he came in and he scored those goals and basically said, "You guys forced me into Hartford, and now I'm your I'm your savior, and you're, you're treating me like a returning king." Good for Tanner Glass, but he's your number nine to twelve forward, and when he's the focal point of what you're doing. You've had a breakdown somewhere else. The Rangers just, for me, for the last couple of years, haven't been as deep as they were when yeah. they went and played the Kings in the Stanley Cup. Well, and Steppen, yep. too. Steppen, you know, he uh, he's just not he he's not a top line. He's not a first line center. Yeah, I think I think he's I think he's a great player. I've always been a huge fan of his. I think he's he's an underrated guy. But he's he's, tough. he's a phenomenal second line center. But yeah, I don't know as a as a number one center. He's very good, but is he Ryan Getzlaff or 
Backstrom or Crosby or Malkin or yeah, he's pro- certainly not in that conversation. I don't even know if he's in the Ryan Johansson conversation at this point. Well, I don't, well it's easy to get in Ryan Johansson's head, apparently. So yeah, which, which Ryan Kessler has done. <laughs> well, Ryan Johansson's not the first person to fall victim to no, Ryan Kessler. Um, but that like that's the beauty of playoff hockey, right? Like you you can literally sit there and watch a Ducks Predators game and never watch anything but those two guys go at it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, because it's it's entertaining. I mean, the whole battle within the battle, and most of it's mental, right? And everybody makes a big deal that Ryan Johansson said something, and they're already. Well, I think it wasn't that he said something. I think it's what he what he said and the way he said it. He was definitely very whiny, like you know, I'm just trying to play hockey, and this guy, how does how does his yeah. family even root for this guy? Like, <laughs> whoa, all right, yeah. he is in your head. See, but maybe it's just now I'm going to throw a bomb out there. And see how he reacts. Like, That's there's two games. Ryan Johansson has four points in those two games. Yeah. Ryan Kessler doesn't. Yeah. Like. That's where you win. All that other stuff is just. Well, that's why I say, why would you? But why would you uh, get involved? I mean, he's playing well. Why? Why whine and why get a bill? I mean, the Ducks are the last team you want to have a billboard thing because they're tough enough to play against anyway. And you got something where you walk in and you see that on there. You're calling your teammate. How's his family even root for him? I mean, I'm not sure that's such a good idea. His boys are taking a beating, and that's, you know, he's probably thinking, I'll never have kids after this series. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, look, I, you know. I got hit in the nuts with three hockey sticks at, when I came in the office today. I mean, that's, that's dirty play, man. But he's in his head. Were the, Ottawa, were the Ottawa Senators waiting for you when you got here? Yeah, Sunday? exactly. He was, he was in the lobby. <laughs> well, that's, that's an interesting story. Well, at least that series is fun to watch. Well, that series has been fantastic. And Nashville's fun to watch. Like I said, yeah. I've, I've played the first, played the first two rounds. I covered the first two rounds there. Well, I think uh, I, really I, interesting even, team. even though my, my Stanley Cup picks this year were horrible and my bracket is a complete disaster. Then mine were worse. Yeah. Neither of us did very well. But, uh, but I will, so I will, I'm going to go to pat myself on the back for one thing. I did mention when, uh, when they made that Subban for, uh, 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 Weber trade that I was number one surprised that Montreal did that. I wasn't, you know, I actually thought Nashville got the better of that trade. It's kind of this point looking that way. I, I'm a, I'm a huge PK Subban fan. I know he's you know brash and all that sort of stuff, but I kind of but I like he does it in a way that it's likable and he's a freaking amazing player. It certainly brought a lot of, you know, speed and skill to that and to the Nashville team that they, they they maybe didn't have before. And he might be their number three D. That's how I know. They are. Well, Roman Yossi's probably, along with last market or Vlasic, probably the two most underrated defensemen in the league. I mean, and and Ryan Ellis has been unbelievable. Yep. And the guy that gets no credit at all is PK's partner, Matthias Ekholm, yep. who, since Nick Lichstrom, is probably the best skating defenseman I've seen in a long time. Like, he is just effortless in the way he plays. And he's big, and he's meaner than people think he oh, is. Yeah. And they've more than held their own against that gets left line. They shut down the Kane line in the first round, and they shut down the Tarasenko line in the second round. Um, yeah, what happened to the Blackhawks? That's That was one that really just, like, I, like, I mean, they didn't have anything. It's like a team that looks so good in the regular season, they get in the first round and just... I barely even remember that they were in the playoffs at this point. <laughs> they scored three goals. Yeah, yeah they were barely in the playoffs. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't even what? think it, they can officially qualify for being in the postseason this year. How? What happened? Three goals, and they didn't. Say, and they were all scored in uh, Nashville. Is it just too 
too much hockey for them over all these seasons? I mean, that's certainly you could be say that about the Kings. You know, they just played so much hockey that eventually you just get burned out. Yeah, and so have the Rangers. I mean, as much as you want to badmouth the Rangers, the Rangers have gone deep in the playoffs for, what, five years now? Sure, yeah. Um, at some point, it does catch up to you. I, the, the, the Penguins are at 202 games right now. Yeah, over two plus years. I worry about yeah. them. I mean, they're so beat up now, and I don't know that they're going to be able to get out of that series, especially with all the with the way Ottawa's hooking and holding, and and Crosby taking just incredible beating to his head, man. Yeah, I worry about that guy when he's like forty five years old. Yeah, he's going to be on okay. any smarter than a fifth grader. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's not going to be good. But he is. I give him credit. He's tough. I mean, he, he only missed that one game, and and you would have thought, oh God! And then when he clawed into the boards, when he after he came back, you were like, all right, there's no way this guy's going to play, but he's still in there. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely not 100 percent, as you can see. But uh, yeah, it's, I don't it's know crazy. how many how many guys are like. Yeah. Well, I mean, Boston's yeah, not, and but yeah, I mean, to get back to the Blackhawks, I just think things went south so quick. You know, shut out, losing overtime after you were ahead. Um, and they just weren't ready. I don't think they were ready for Nashville was peaking at the right time. Yeah. They had kind of coasted once they got uh, the top seed in the in the West. And and again, I I think a lot of this is team building and building a team for the playoffs. And I don't think that the I don't think the Blackhawks were built for the playoffs. Their their defense was exposed. Their lower because everybody can expo- any good team now can expose. Your lower end defenseman. Well, I mean, I had an interesting conversation with somebody who's a huge soccer fan the other day. We we're just talking about stuff. We were talking about you know because really at this point is the regular season is kind of more or less meaningless. I mean, all the grid, all the I mean, the Cavs have won, but the best team of the regular season done nothing in the playoffs. The Blackhawks again this year, one of the best teams of the regular season, didn't do anything in the playoffs. You know, the Kings, the first year they won, they got in on the last day by one point, so the regular season was fairly meaningless. And it, as you well know, Sean, because you're a big fan of this, in soccer over in Europe, or football as they call it over there, uh, there isn't there are no playoffs. Just whoever wins the regular season is, is the champion, and, and that's it. Uh, and it's an interesting concept. Like, what so, so what what are we doing here with the regular season? It's too long. It's just like the NBA. Can you just? It's like the NBA season. It's too long. But and now not to the same extreme in terms of the playoffs because obviously we've just been waiting now for two months for Golden State and to, for Cleveland to finally play. <laughs> yeah, you know, really. at least in the at least in hockey. Then once you get in there, then it, it's pretty much anybody's game. But the regular season's way too long. It, it should they should easily be starting six weeks later. Yeah, the only problem with that is that they'll never do that. Cha-ching, the, the money. Yeah, cha-ching. exactly. It's not going to happen. Yeah, and I, and but, I, I, but I wonder, like, what? So, so as a concept, what if you just just made the whole regular season much longer? More teams played each other, and I guess geographically, it's probably probably difficult to do. In England, there's not much travel, so it's not a big deal. But no, it's, they an, it's play, an interesting they concept. They play once a week. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I think the was, regular season still does have some some merit, like in that. Remember, everybody forgets at the beginning of this year, Nashville was the golden child. They were the team that got to the second round last year. They got P.K. Subban. Not me. I didn't even pick them to make the playoffs. <laughs> you were in the minority. Most people I'm, thought they were going to be well, the yeah, class of the West. We're not talking about your picks. Yeah, exactly. Um, My picks this year were awful. I did and, pick three of the four Stanley Cup champions the last four years. But yeah, yes. this year. But they used the regular season to find their legs. They didn't find their legs until the last – 
three, four weeks of the season. They barely made it in. They were the last team that's to true. qualify. That's true, yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of runway there, but I think smart teams use it wisely. Like I, the, I, I will agree that I don't know that there is any more a built-in advantage to being a top seed. There is no more home ice advantage. It's a 50-50 proposition now. Statistically, there's no 64. Why do you think that is? Uh, the coaching's too good. The ability to match up is too good. Every building's loud. Um, the, and the players are take too good care of themselves. The travel doesn't matter anymore. Um, they've learned how to game every, every part of the system that at one point was an advantage for the home team is been scientifically taken out of the game with nutrition, with psychology, with sleep patterns. Teams have totally changed how they sleep in the West on the West Coast because somebody, I think it was Vancouver a few years ago, said, we're getting killed because we can't compete. The Rangers are going home every night in the playoffs. They play the Flyers. They go home. They come back. They go home. They're in their own beds. They're in bed at the same time. We have to come and play Chicago or Nashville. We're crossing two time zones. And everybody used to leave right after the game. Got to go home. Got to get in bed. Doesn't matter if it's 4 o'clock in the morning. Now they stay because their sleep doctors have told them there's nothing to be gained in getting home. Get a good night's sleep. Wake up in the morning. Some teams even practice away from home and then fly home, let their guys go, and then they pick up their routine the next day. Nobody ever did that because they never thought about it. Um, so every little piece of that puzzle has been figured out. And then video-wise, the matchups, you can you can game plan almost anything. Now, there's no – watch the game. I mean, we're doing this tonight, and you won't hear it in time. But watch game three in Nashville and see if Peter tries to get Ryan Johansson away from Ryan Kessler and how quickly Randy Carlisle can get it back yeah, on sure. the fly. Sure, yeah, sure. Like, it, it, it's – that part of the game is completely different than it was 20 years ago. You just – you couldn't do that. Look, the Devils were the biggest matchup team in the world, and they would hide their top line because Jacques would want to match so bad. Coaches finally figured out, you know what, just keep putting your good guys out. He's going to keep putting his bad guys out. Not his bad guys, but his defensive-minded guys, and we're going to neutralize the whole thing. But now coaches have figured out that we can do this. And the Predators are a completely different example because they'll go power on power. Their their three forwards are good enough defensively to play. Peter's never cared about the matchups, but I will be interested to see if he tries to get him away from Ryan Gessler, Kessler now just to give him a mental break. But Randy will get it right back if he wants it. There's no more sure. of those advantages that used to be. The only advantage that's left, the big advantage always was in a town like Nashville or a town like Chicago or Vegas coming in. Everybody's like, oh, well, those are towns the players get into. They go and they have a big night out and their legs are dead the next day. All these guys take care of themselves now. They don't. They don't do a lot of outlates. They don't abuse their bodies anymore because there's 20 guys waiting to take their jobs. And there's, glass. there's no more of, you know, I could just show up and maybe play at 50% and pick it up when we get to Columbus. Um, it's it, you got to be on every night. Plus they play a lot of metal in all the, all the arenas now, which is probably the best thing about hockey. Yeah. They, they have the coolest music. Well, yeah, of course. Especially uh, my friends in Dallas, Pittsburgh, Washington. DC. Yeah. 
Uh, Minnesota plays good stuff. Anaheim. Anaheim's, the, Anaheim's a weird spot. They have like two or three different guys, so some nights you'll get nothing but metal, and other nights not so much. Dude, you get like five Rage songs. And I, I will say, as much as <laughs> as much as I uh, dislike the style that the Ottawa Senators are playing, terrible. They're crushing it. And the music up there. When I watch those games, they're playing Maiden and Motorhead and like all and like like kind of deep tracks, like not. Well, because you, you have to entertain hear. the crowd with that awful. Well, G Devil's junior defense. False. Falsely. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, well, obviously that, that stuff goes hand in hand for sure. But yeah, the Wild last year, it was last year, right? They came out to uh, Hammerfall, no? The wow. Minnesota Wild did, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, Minnesota played some good stuff too. Well, I didn't know that. That's cool. I think so. Well, it's like a little mini Sweden, right? Minnesota, it's always cold. And yeah, there's a lot of true. Swedes there. Yeah. yeah, so they got to play some death metal. A lot of Swedes, a lot of Finns. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. So, yeah. Although I'm not sure how many of them are are into metal, but some of them are. I know none of the Ducks Swedish players are, are into metal though, because the the amount of Marth guys went to a game there last year, and uh, our good friends and violent gentlemen. Are good friends with the guys on the team. This is when Bolesky was still yeah, yeah. On, on Anaheim. So we went to the game and, uh, and the VG guys let, let them know that they were there and told Bolesky and stuff. And Bolesky, we saw him after the game. He said, yeah, I told all the Swedish guys that there was a, a metal band from Sweden here and they all went running in the opposite direction. They were afraid <laughs> of them. <laughs> Nobody so, should be afraid of Johan. I know. Well, when you first see him, you're like, you know, who is this giant? And yeah, you no. get to know him, and he's it's like you know, a teddy bear. Yeah, he yeah. does yoga, and, and he's a, yeah, he's you know, he's a vegetarian, I think now, or and something. A huge hockey, yeah, and he's a huge hockey fan too. Yeah, so. but, yeah, it's pretty funny. But there's some other. Guys. Well, no wonder I'm rooting. Good, I'm glad because I'm rooting against the Ducks. Now I really hate them. Oh well, there's enough. There's enough other guys on that team that are good guys though. So, nah. and uh, believe it or not, they actually play some pretty good metal in Nashville. Oh yeah, um, and they don't play a ton of country in there. Really, like the goal song, except is for country. the except for the uh, anthems. The goal, well, the anthems are unbelievable. You know what's most uh, the most unbelievable thing about Nashville? And I wrote this last round is their game presentation is completely different than everybody else's. Like they buy into who they are. They are a southern college town that has more star power with their country music people sure anybody else so not only is carrie underwood and, well she has to be there right because well yeah her she's playing. married to mike fisher but she that's the first time she had ever sang the anthem really game one against chicago and then they've had in all the other big bands and i i, I luke bryan and uh i can't even think of who they are now but uh, uh vince gill sang with his daughters like these are giants in the country industry i'm not yeah, I can't attest to that, but I know they are. <laughs> it's true. And um, but they also have a bandstand over behind the goal. I think it's the one that uh, Voku, uh, Voku, um that Rene protects twice, and they have a live band that plays during the intermissions. There's nothing else. There's no Scoro. There's nothing. They have a live. It's a regional. What's well, a music? I mean, it's Music City. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's and, there's, there's and they have there. all these people yeah. stand in for them. When I was there, John Hyatt played an intermission. Nice. The lead singer from uh, Kansas played an intermission. Um, Vince Gill sat in with them. Uh, all these people have sat, and that and that's their entertainment. And then during the game, they're like a college crowd they have these organized chants that they do oh boy um, do they scream civ 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 at the goaltender no they scream <laughs> it's all your fault okay well that's 
it's, it's close all enough. your fault. It's wow. all your fault. And it's all. But see, they got to do it like like the true college. They go, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. Your fault. Your fault. Civ, 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 civ. Yeah, they don't do the civ <laughs> part. Um, but then they'll call them out by name. Um, they should also do with the old Wisconsin college fans used to do when they would introduce the other team they'd all put newspapers up in front so yeah yeah they're not paying attention but it, i mean it's a crazy <laughs> atmosphere and it's gone it's only 19 years from when they started and it's gone from i actually did a story this week talking to some of those original predators like tommy fitzgerald and andrew brunette drake barahowski who played for them nice coach of the orlando team now um they used to like mike dunham was their goalie and mike told me that if a guy took a shot from center ice and he caught it, they would give him like a standing ovation because they didn't really understand. <laughs> yeah. And Brunette said that one day Gretzky made a play where he banked the puck off of the net out in front of Kevin Stevens. He was playing with the Rangers at the time, and and it was the most amazing thing Andrew Brunette ever saw. And he said the crowd didn't even react because they thought it was a lucky play. Like, they didn't understand. <laughs> but now you go there and Victor Arvidsson kills 10 seconds of a penalty with his skates pit in the puck and as he goes back up the ice he's getting a standing ovation so like you can see the maturation of the crowd as it's gone along and how they've grown up with hockey and um figured out what the game's about and and the atmosphere which has always been good is now over the top it's loud it's organic nobody has to tell them when to cheer anymore um they're to use a phrase that's used way too often they're all in with the predators um, and I think they're bigger than the Titans are right now because the Titans haven't been good for a while. Although the Titans, you know, they, they do have a good young quarterback. So, yeah. You know, but they'll, they're still they're probably a few years. Up. They're a few years away yet. But, yeah. yeah. And Nash, I'm going to root for Nashville to, to go all the way just because, again, tying in with the music, it's a big hard rock and metal town now. That's another thing that, that – city has become is not just a country city so you have dave mustaine from megadeth living there Nicky and he does uh he does he's a huge predators fan he does a get the crowd up yep. um thing yeah no and that's the thing like everybody's like it's it's a country town it's not it's a music town you can find almost anything there you can find well that's what's going to be interesting about the vegas team too because vegas now is i think the two b- biggest places where a, where a lot of music people especially metal hard rock people live it's all nashville and vegas now like vegas is there's a massive community there of, of metal people so and i i do think that vegas is going to follow nashville's lead and vegas is going to be a very unique game atmosphere well, it's gonna with, have to with be. the Cirque du Soleil yep. partnership and everything else they've done. I think when you go there, it's not going to be like seating. Like, the arena can be different, but if you go see a game in Detroit and you go see a game in Chicago, they're very similar. The music, the get up and clap, the kiss cam, um, the card, the puck shuffle game, all that stuff is universal. None of that really happens in Nashville. I don't think much of it's going to happen in Vegas. I think they're going to make. I think they're going to make their own way, and it's going to be showy. Well, I mean, you know, they'll have to. They'll have to incorporate some Vegasness in there. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll get. Uh, you know, they should get Vince Neil and Kerry King and a bunch of those people to. They should have a there. metal band stand. Well, that'd be nice. But we'll see. Uh, so, Don, you're also. I guess this. We'll mention this briefly. Because uh, I'm sure you don't want to really talk about it too much, but you're a Mets and a Jets fan. Yeah, I'm very sorry about that <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, it's 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 weird rooting for teams that they can never make it far enough into a season that I could just 
go, okay, they're out of it now, and then just move on to the next sport. You know, there's always big gaps in there, so, um, and nets in basketball, so, you know. Oh, that yeah. season's over before it begins. Anything with the Ets. But it's good. Mets, it keeps Jets, it, it keeps a little rage yes. in me, which is good. So, you know, look, the, the, the reason it's I'm passionate about the Rangers is that's, the, you know, that's the last time I saw a championship with one of my teams. You know, 94, you know, when, when I think of 94, it, to me, it doesn't seem that long ago, but. It's 23 years. Yeah. It's a long time. You man. were a young man. No, I was I was almost old by then. And that's also the last time a uh, Canadian team won a Stanley Cup was the year before, right? Ninety three. Yeah, yeah. Montreal Canadiens, which I don't like. Beating the other kids, you don't like the Canadians? No, I don't like the. the you know, I, I, it's good that there's. You know, Ottawa's in there, but well, look, it's, I mean, it's honestly, weird, like the the, the, the Canadian teams between Edmonton and Toronto, they're they're going to put up some cup wins in the next few years. So yeah, there's going to be some Canadian domination. Calgary in there as well. Who, who knows? I mean. Canadian teams are on the upswing. Even Montreal, I think mm-hmm. Montreal's on a, on its. I think Montreal can be competitive for the next few years. So there's one or two things that they have to do, but I think they're going to be good. They have a good goaltender. Yeah. So, but so I, under under the argument that we had with Henrik Lundqvist, you make the same argument about Carey Price. He can't. He, he hasn't been able to finish yet. Well, the only thing I'll say about Carey Price, though, I mean, I, I always thought he was a very good goaltender, but I, I wasn't. You know, people were saying like he's the best goaltender in the world, and all these sort of things. Like, I'm not sure they buy that. And then the year he was out, the Canadians just completely yeah, fall apart. That's all you needed. That. So, I mean, okay, would you right. want to talk about the same team without? Would you want to talk like, about okay. an MVP Got argument it. that would that team cratered, and it was as much emotionally as it was anything else because they knew that no matter what they did, they were they couldn't be as good a hockey team. Right, and they also knew that no, no matter if, if they didn't play great defense, they knew that he would have their back as opposed to a goalie knowing, okay, my defense <laughs> has my back, which is the way it should be. But I think they looked at it the other way. It's like, all right, if he gets past me, you know, Price will stone him, no problem. Yeah, and that's very freeing mentally. You can be more aggressive. Right. You can do other things. Um, so, But under your argument, it's the same thing. Like, he has it once, so he can't finish. You can never finish until you finish. Well, my argument means nothing, so let's not go by my <laughs> argument. But, but but I think you, you, you're making the point for me with with Carey Price, which is, I mean, he, without him, it's like look, the, the Cavaliers without LeBron. Well, how many games are they winning a year? Are they even going to the playoffs? So you know, if you have that one guy, but you know, it's more the opposite with him, right? He doesn't. He didn't have the team in front of him to win this year. You know, as opposed to the Rangers, who, you know, maybe they're a piece short, but they could be in it just as much as anybody this year. No, and they got the draw. They got the draw that you needed. Wow. I mean, the Penguins have already beat the President's Trophy winner and the number three team in the league. Yeah, and they're banged up big time. And we have point. a good coach, I think. I'm a Vigneault fan. Uh, I mean, I think he's a good coach. I, I I mean, I don't, I think that there's times where he might have got outcoached a little bit in this I, last yeah. series. And it's kind of it's funny. As games. soon as they signed him to that extension, it seems like they didn't do quite as well. But yeah, I, I don't know. You could read a lot into that, I suppose, as well. Well, that's just a whole thing in sports. It's like the minute anybody gets any kind of cushion. Well, and you wonder if the players you know, go like, oh, boy, three more years with this guy. But I, but mean, I used to see the thing about hockey players, and, you know, I, that's still the purest sport to me. 
You know, because you really got it. You have to play for the love of it. Because you have to just say, I'm not going to have teeth by the time I'm 21. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a very, you know, unselfish thing. So you have a really good dentist. Yeah. So you have to, you have to be in it for the love of it. But the players now, they're starting to make higher. So I liked when they, like, guys were making, like, less than a million a year, you know, because then you knew, like, they had to, you got to work. You got to get out there and work. Now, if you're making six, seven million a year, it's like, ah. Eh. Well, to that point, uh, talking about a team that we're talking about teams in the playoffs, talking about a team that wasn't in the playoffs. I was uh, uh, got the opportunity, which was a, a blast, to uh, be part of this roundtable that our friends uh, John Hoven, who's been on the show, the mayor in L.A., and Dennis Bernstein put together, uh, and we had a pretty spirited uh, discussion uh, about the L.A. Kings, which you can go on YouTube or Mayor's Manor on NHL and take a look at it. And I was definitely playing the devil's advocate in terms of kind of the Kings not being so good and not having a lot left in their cup board after all these Stanley Cup wins. Um, so I wanted to throw that out, kind of what, saw what think what you thought. And what you were just talking about, the coaches and tuning them out and the players making a lot of money. I mean, the Kings fired Daryl Sutter, who you know won them two Stanley Cups. And you look at a guy like Dustin Brown, who's making a lot of money, who is not the captain anymore. And then Andre Kopitar, who's making – just re-signed a ton of money, and he didn't play very he well. Idea, and yeah. Pretty much everybody's just saying that they finally just got tired of listening to Daryl. And though now the players, to your point, Don, have the power because they're making all the money. Yep. So because getting rid of Daryl Sutter now get those guys to, to play better hockey. Well, I mean, that's the hope. You don't know until it happens. I, and I do. I think I think coaches, in, maybe more in the NHL than in any other sport because it's every other day and it's so intensive. Like, the coaching is so intensive that they have shorter shelf lives. Like, in football, you might not deal with the head coach except for maybe 10 minutes a week. Right, yeah. Right? You're dealing like with all the other coaches. You're dealing with the other coaches. Everything's insulated. Um, he's more like a CEO. But in hockey, it's he's behind you on the bench, in your ear. He, If he chooses to be that way, he's hard on you in the media day after day after day, which Daryl was. That's just his, he's just a gruff man. And he, <laughs> he held no punches when it came to his players. And I think, you know, everybody's human, right? At some point, you're like, why do I – we've done a lot of good here. Why do I have to hear this every day? Why does this have to be this way? Um, but, yeah, so now does a, a more of a player's coach come in and do some of these guys – Well, it's John Stevens, who, I mean, was their assistant coach for all those times. Yeah. So I was kind of bringing at the point, like, I mean, you're hiring from within for both the GM with Rob Blake and with – with Stevens, so I mean, is it really going to change a lot? But I mean, those guys, and they well, clearly know more was about more I do. of the good cop. Yep. So maybe it does change. Um, he's seen as more of a player's coach. Uh, but are they going to change the style of play? Because I think that's the big question mark. Because they were so defense, almost too defensive, kind of sucking the life out of some of those guys. Well, I think, allegedly, yeah, and I think to a degree, if you if you get a new coaching job. You're going to change something because the last thing wasn't good enough, and the last thing you want to do is lose your job, right? So there's going to something's going to change there, and it'll be curious to see what it is. If it's style, if it's philosophy, if it's the feel of the team, uh, the emotional barometer of the team. Um, I was more shocked, to be honest with you, that Dean got fired. Um, And I know we've gone over and over and around this. 
Um, do you think Dean's made a number of mistakes in building that team and being too loyal to guys, and that's where they've gotten to where they are now? Dean built a pretty good organization there. No, no, and look, no disrespect to him at all. Like, good, the, the guy won two Stanley Cups. Never in my lifetime I think the Kings, Kings would win one, he, let alone two. But I do think that, you know, certainly the Mike Richards deal, I mean, that they basically are down a player for the next 20 years or however long that stupid contract is because there's anywhere from 900000 to $1.3 or $4 million per year that, that they that he can't get them, which is a player. That's a player on your third or fourth line probably. Uh, so they're, they're down one player to every other team, and the, it's so competitive out there that that's a huge – a huge thing, and then you know the. the but if you could take the Dustin Brown back and have that flexibility and not have the cup, would you do that? But the, but that's not the point. The point is that he could have bought him out the year after all, after they won those two cups, when there are already problems. He could have bought him out that year for zero cap, and that's what everybody thought he was going to do. But at the last minute, he's like, I like Mike, so I'm gonna, critical. I mean, even Lombardi admitted, like, I made a mistake. I screwed up. I should not have done that. Yeah, but his his. Successes, even at that point, were so far ahead of his mistakes. I think. Well, but I think I, I think, I think the I successes. The I well, I agree, and and I mean, look, we got Kings won two cups. It's amazing, but unfortunately, I think Dean left them in a spot where they're going to be a long time before they're going to be really competitive right. again because they didn't draft anybody. And what happened to Simmons? Why did they get rid of Simmons? Yeah, well, I wasn't a big fan of that that's trade. Not a but good, that's not a good trade. <clears throat> well, I think in the long run, though, you could argue that I mean, they got Mike Richards for Simmons and Shen, who like, yeah, he's Kramer from Seinfeld. But they won two Stanley Cups. So, I mean, and Richards was a key part, at least in the first one, wow. not so much the second right. So, I mean, you can't – you can argue it because I argued it big time when it happened. I agree. But, you know, what, what can you do? In, I don't in know that there's any GM that's batting a 1,000 them. No, that's true. But and, and I, I, think, I agree. Like, so, I think you look at Nashville right now. Like, to me, David Poyle is one of the most aggressive – GMs out there. Think about what he did with that team. He went and got Ryan Johansson. He got Philip Forsberg for Martin Erat. That was a steal of a deal. He got PK. Um, there's a couple other people that he's traded for, but he's also missed no, I mean, a every, lot of trades. Look, everybody misses, but I think it just becomes, you know, where the Kings, they, you know, they were the team that built from the back end out. When Dean came there, my plan is we're going to start from the back end and build the goaltending and the defense, and we're, that's how we're going to build this team up. And he did that. He, he drafted a ton of phenomenal goaltenders. Obviously, the defense core up until this year was, was amazing, but now he's kind of left them with – there's nothing. There's nothing really in the cupboard. They've got no defensemen coming up. They've got you know barely three NHL defensemen at this point, and you've got Jonathan Quick who came off you know being hurt for a year and has played a lot of hockey. There's nobody behind him. They lost Martin Jones in what I consider next to the to Richards deal the worst thing that that he did in retrospect because he went after Lucic for whatever reason. He got Lucic who played one year. It was okay, but they lost Martin Jones. Can you imagine if they still had Martin Jones and Quick goes down and then Martin Jones takes over? It's similar to what the, the Penguins did with, with Matt Murray. I mean, maybe the Kings yeah. would have been competitive this year again for another cup, but they didn't have him because they traded him to get Lucic, who lasted a year. So that, that to me, is a bad move. Yeah, but he's a good player. I mean, but but I look, I had to, I had to live through a lot of bad Glenn Sather years, so <laughs> I, I feel none of your pain at all until you feel mine. Those are some rough years of just bringing in retreads over and over again. Yeah, well, Same thing. And then they play for a year and they'd be terrible and they'd be overpaid and it 
effed everything up. That's true. Well, I mean, Glenn was pretty good in Edmonton, but yeah, it was a bit of. Well, I mean, he won a cup there in New York, right? But then there was a lot of bad years after that. There was a lot of bad genes. I think that's the that's the that's kind of the the Neil won the cup here. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's it was right. Neil. Yeah. He Neil. came in. At, all right. Never mind. The Neil's greatest achievement, Neil Swift. That's right. Um, and it was a great achievement. Like again, Ranger fans, I can die happy. Everything's great. Like they gutted, they gutted the Raiders to do that. Those two deals they made before the trade deadline. The back page of the post was like the Russian roulette wheel, and it was like, here's all the guys we we've traded for. Here's all the guys that went out. Here's the guys that came in. They knew that they were going to set the franchise back a full decade. Yeah, but that's what the fan base demanded. And it's the signature moment of this franchise. And all those people who said that they could die happy have gone back on their promise. I never said that. No, I know. But all the people that did. There's some people that are very pragmatic about it, right? Like, I don't need to sell all out to win the cup because my window's five years. And then there's other fans who are so hyper. They're like, get rid of everybody. Let's bring in the three best players and we win the cup. If you don't win the cup, then you're really screwed. But at least he won the (coughs) cup and the... All the setback setback that came after that was considered acceptable collateral damage. I demand nothing except for them to take down that bridge in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Worst thing ever. Billions of dollars there, man. Yeah, well, that's all right. Chalk it up as a loss. Take it down. Have you been up there? Is that any good? I hate it. I mean, I've never been up there. It looks scary. And if you sit, and if you sit up in the top seat, block your view. That's where uh, that's the press box is up there too. Oh yeah. Yeah, so not good. Uh, it looks scary to me. I'm I'm not a big fan of heights. So. In the old, in the old, the really old garden, the main press box where they would put like the seven or eight beat writers, and where I started, and I started covering the Rangers in '94, was right over the Zamboni entrance, in like this little box <laughs> that hung over the Zamboni entrance, and this was before they had the net, so it was right, it was behind the goal in the corner, kind of, and what we would have to do is we would have to put one person on lookout duty while we were all writing because you couldn't put your head down because they would literally shoot the puck and it would come over the glass right into this enclosure that we were working out of and somebody would always have to kind of watch and scream <laughs> when the puck came over they'd be like heads and everybody wear helmets everybody would put yeah. their heads like down. a slap shot right. swear yeah. helmets like yeah. the, like the Oregon player uh, slap shot but well, yeah it was it was you, crazy like every third or fourth game a puck would come flying into the into our little press box and then all the fans would come and yell at us while we were on deadline to give them the pucks right like you oh, guys right, should yeah. keep the pucks, give them to us, and we always throw them out there. But it was like putting your life. You need a goalie in the press like box. putting your yeah. life on the line every time you put your head down to right on deadline. Um, and you never knew. Who knows? There might have been some players who were waiting for you to put your head down. That would be a good and job I, for uh, Lundquist. He, he could be the press box goalie. Put one right in the press box to try and get the guy who wrote a bad thing about him. Yeah. Is that Mark up there? Mm. Yeah. Well, it was never me. I was just a young cub reporter. No, would have been, no, uh, believe me, I, the, I heard rumors. Some of the more <laughs> experienced uh, guys with much sharper knives Trust than me, I had. Gret- Gretzky told me a lot about you in the early days. <laughs> <laughs> we, we believe me, we spoke. <laughs> so since we have a Ranger fan here, <clears throat> and I'm not sure how much Sean could comment on this, but I, but I have to ask you a question about this. So the Islanders, as we all know, are uh, are at Barclays, and there's you know they're they're 
they are or are not trying to get them out of Barclays. It ain't and apparently they've put a uh, some sort of proposal in to build an arena at uh, Bel- in Belmont, correct? That's what I've read in the paper, yes. So you've read in the paper, yes. So, uh, and that's with the people. Dickie Dunn might have wrote it. Yes. That's with the uh, MSG people who own the garden. So if, let's just play devils. Let's just play fantasy here and say that that does happen. And the Islanders are going to move to Belmont Park and have their own arena there, which would be awesome. It's on the island. Islander fans will be happy. Uh, and Rangers, the Ranger people are building it, though, which is interesting. And That's the weird, yeah. Islanders have two more years at Barclays, and they're going to get kicked out. They're probably not going to be, be able to have an arena built in that amount of time. So the Islanders will have a season, maybe two seasons, but they have to play somewhere outside of Barclays. So since it's MSG building that arena, it's I been thrown out there that the Islanders could potentially play at Madison Square Garden as their home arena. How do you as a Ranger <laughs> fan, Don Jameson, feel about that? Well, because I'm old, uh, but young at heart, I remember the days when the Yankees had to play at Chase Stadium. Really? Well. And I was a Mets fan, but did I switch over to the Yankees like an idiot, like a moron? No. <laughs> so I stuck to my team. So yeah, there would be no chance of, of switching over. Although, although but, but are you comfortable with the Islanders playing their home games uh, at the Garden? Am I comfortable? Yeah, I'm fine. I don't know. But, I mean, is it, it's what? more money in the MSG coffers for them to use for the Rangers. It's yeah, better than the Rangers playing at Barclays. Well, yeah. So, I, no, like, I don't know. You know, I, I don't like Barclays. I don't have hate way. for the Islanders. You know, I mean, oh, wow, okay. I mean, I did when they had their little dynasty going. I was jealous. I admit it. But, but it, that's a long time ago. So, no, that's cool. If they want to come here and play, that's all right. No, look at that. You know, they have to, they'll have to sit through Pod Van Sucks even more than they do now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I'm all for it because I can walk 12 minutes to there from, from where I'm at in New York. So, yeah. I'm all for it. The more hockey near me, the better. Yeah, hockey almost every night. Yeah. And we that's have why our, I do our like... GM's last name is Gorton. They were the Gorton's fishermen. <laughs> so it all ties in. Well, that's why I like Barclays. <laughs> it's easy for me to get to. And I actually like think it's not a bad place for a hockey game for the most part. Well, as long as you're not sure. sitting in the unobstructed unobstructed views. Yes. Yeah. You can't shoot hockey pucks at the riders there, though. That's the only thing that's You sucks. can't shoot hockey pucks at the riders. Anyway, yeah, they keep moving them up. 10,000 feet up in the air. Yeah. The Devils used to have, in their old arena, the press box was at center ice in the lower seats, like the pre what would be premium seats, but they had originally built the press box at the top of that lower bowl. So the media there it was like the Olympics because that's what they do in the Olympics. They get the media the best. Well, they're seats. still kind of there though because at uh, at Prudential they're they're right at the back of uh, of one of those premium rows because I know I've been to a few games at, at Prudential and there's uh, the Devils broadcast. Well, that's right, the broadcasters. Right the writers are upstairs. Oh, the writers. Oh, well, yeah, writers. Writers. Who cares? They don't even writers. need to see the game. Writer yeah, Schneider. But we used to have seats right at the top of the lower. They were like. $500 seats like that they weren't selling because they had they were giving them away to the media um, but yeah when they moved into their new building that all changed oh, yeah. we're, we're up in we call it the halo because you're they, they want you to see that exciting devil's defense up close yeah <laughs> that noise by the way is a, a CD that I hold in my hands an actual, Jameson, physical an actual CD, physical CD which you CD very rarely see anymore of Don Jameson's wow. new album Communication Breakdown so Stand-up what, comedy. So what what's going on with this? When people put this in their 
CD players, what will come out of it? What will happen was it'll be, you'll, I'm like the Ryan Kessler of comedians. I'm an instigator. I'm a ball buster. I'm going to get under your skin. You know, you're going to, you know, you're going to yell and scream like Johansson, and, but you're gonna actually going to have a good time. You're not going to curse me and tell me my family should be ashamed of me. <laughs> well, they probably are a little bit, but... Um, and you're going to be really thirsty for six Miller Lights. That's right. That's a, You know, there's a theme to the album, which is uh, my favorite beer, Six Miller Lights, because when people want to buy me a drink, as they often do after comedy shows, I always go, oh, you're buying? Okay, I'll take Six Miller Lights. So the whole album sort of revolves around that theme. And, you know, I got Kiefer Sutherland to buy me Six Miller Lights, and I talk about that and, uh, um, you know, falling off a skateboard after Six Miller Lights, which maybe wasn't as good of an experience as um, the warm embrace I had with Kiefer Sutherland. But, uh, you know, um, but it's jokes for everybody. You know, it's for the metal audience. I got a lot of stuff about bands on there. You know, I talk about the Scorpions and Kiss and Def Leppard and Alice Cooper and Queen and Ted Nugent. Um, but then you got all the, the regular fun stuff that you'd hear on a nightclub. And we mentioned earlier Dave Mustaine, and Dave Mustaine did the intro, guitar intro on here. That's pretty That's pretty amazing. How did that come about? Well, look, I'm on uh, the esteemed Metal Blade Records, <laughs> so I like to keep, you know, that theme. Now, again, you don't have to be a metal or rock fan to enjoy my, my comedy, but it, it, it helps with the entire packaging, if you are, because obviously with the physical packaging, I make it sort of, you know, kind of a rock theme. And then, yeah, I always love to have a great guitar player do the opening riff. You know, we had Vinnie Moore on my last CD from UFO and Bumblefoot from Guns N' Roses on my first album. So, um, yeah, bumped into Dave Mustaine and uh, told him I was working on my CD. And he said, yeah, if you ever need anything, email me, probably thinking... Please, I hope he doesn't email me. And, of course, I'm always the one that follows up and says, hey, Dave, would you do this for me? So he was cool enough to help me. That's nice. Did he? Does he know that part of his, uh, his track one on here is called Dave Mustaine Riffs, Intervention, and Baby in the Drain? Does he know that <laughs> something called Baby in the Drain is associated with his riff there? He's, I, like, I he's just, good with that? He's, uh, well, I, I gave him a copy. He has a this, sense of humor. So. I gave him a copy of the CD, so right, we'll, we'll see if he returns my emails after this. It, it was okay. But um, but now I'm like, now I'm pissed because, he, you know, he played on body the Body Count CD, and now he's... I think he's playing on Joey Jordison's new CD from Slipknot. So it was like, I don't feel special anymore, Dave. No, well, you know, I mean, yeah. Dave, you know, Dave's a busy man. Yeah. That new Ice-T album, by the way, has so many cameos, musical oh, yeah. cameos. Yeah. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Yeah, no, it's a great album. That man. is. Dave does a great solo on it. So, uh, but yeah, no, he's, look, he's a metal legend and uh, know, he's doing his thing. He's a Grammy winner. I'm an Emmy winner. Hmm. It's a match made in heaven. All right, don't forget to tell your boss that when he's hiring somebody that's to host right, your award right. show. That's right, Don James does has an Emmy uh, for sports. Emmy. I am an Emmy winner for sports. You and Doc Emmerich are in the same fraternity, right? We run in the same circles. All yes. right, he dresses a little better than me. I have better hair. There you go. Yeah, it, all, it all washes <laughs> out. Know, and if you buy my fit, the physical copy of my CD, Communication Breakdown, you'll see my hockey You'll see hair. the hair, yeah. Oh, I got the glorious, hockey hair. Uh, yeah. what, uh, what high school would that that's, be? That's business in the front, party in the back. That's what that's called. That's uh, No, that's college, actually. College? Yeah, I'm like smart and stuff. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so Rutgers University, yeah. Oh, and that's the uh, pride of Piscataway right there. That's it. Yeah. And my major was communication. <laughs> so we had breakdown to it. You have an album. There you go. 
Bada bing, bada boom. So what else you got going on these days? Oh, you know, gonna uh, gonna go out to uh, Rock on the Range, and uh, this will already have been. This will be already been. When is this airing? So this uh, is going to air the very first, first part of June. Yes. Okay. Right. So you'll be uh, the first Maine, Saturday, Alabama. first Saturday of June, but you'll be able to hear all of uh, Don's podcasts from Rock on the Range. Yes, I'm going to be the voice of, of Rock on the Range podcast. Jim Florentine and I. So now, in retrospect, we open for Stone Sour. You know, that's something I've been having fun doing, opening for bands. I'm going to do some more of that over the summer. Um, and uh, but I'll have you know I'll be touring all summer. I'll have my comedy club dates up at Don Jameson. Dot com. So check over there for my dates. And uh, when I come to your city, you can uh, come find me in a comedy club or you can find me in a rock club. Or if you're too cheap to go to either, you could probably find me at the sporting arena in your town because I usually try to take in a game when I go on the road. And uh, so your uh, all your social media stuff, Twitter is what? At Real Don Jameson. And then Instagram. No Instagram for you? No, yet? no, I'm not the 16-year-old girl. No, and no, no, Instagram's not for 16. That's, that's, you're thinking of Snapchat. 16 that's right. No, no, I'm, I'm definitely not on that. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> too crazy. I feel like, you know, is Jared there a, from Subway. Is there, a, there. is there a Facebook page for you? Yeah, it's Facebook. It's Facebook. Don Facebook, Jameson, Don Jameson. Official something. Something official, something or other. <laughs> Google I'm it. on, uh, uh, I'm on Pinterest. Pinterest. Yeah, Martha Stewart and I trade Chatterbee on there. Yeah. My free cams. Grinder. Grinder. <laughs> yeah. Um, you could buy my album on MySpace. That's right. Um, That's right. And it's available now. It's a two-for-one deal at tednugent.com. And you can definitely hear it on uh, all of the Spotify's and yep. Pandora's and Sirius XM's and stuff. Apple Music. The world. Apple Music everywhere. Yeah. It's taken it's the world by storm, the new album. Top 10 on iTunes, my third top 10 comedy album. And uh, a big part of that, thank you to Metal Blade. Racking up all those Emmys and top tens. Yeah, look, it's a pretty impressive resume. And I'm not even a household Golden name. Golden Mike soon. Golden Mike soon. Yeah, look, you know, and well, I'm not even a household uh, name in my own household. <clears throat> well, you should cut. You should come to the NHL Awards and just be. If you're there, yeah, you can. You, you can, I have a place for you to stay for free. And I'm in. You, you should just be because you know you can be that guy waiting in the wings. You, you never know if somebody goes down. We might even done. need a seat filler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> Congratulations on your third album. Do you want to sit in people's seats and keep them warm during commercials? You know, people more important than you. Exactly. You know, comedians in higher esteem. And you'll probably see him in a random Ranger game, although you're, you're not on a good roll there. I'm, I'm banned from the garden by Brian Slagle because um, I think we're eight, uh, zero and eight with me going. Well, you're friends with Dancing go. Larry and you've never seen him dance because no. every time we go, they're getting blown out. They're getting the blown period. out and he sits in his seat <laughs> the whole game. And, uh, but, you know, next year is a new year and we'll see what happens. And if it is Lundquist, I, I, I back him 100%. But uh, I don't know. Let's see what happens. Right, good man. Well, thanks for doing this. We yeah, appreciate it greatly. Always a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Go Nashville. Yep. By the time we talk to you guys, there will more than likely be a Stanley Cup champion, hopefully. No, no I don't think so. 
Yeah. If this well, is the first week of June, we're going to go yeah. to at least uh, mid-June. No, but I'm saying but the, but the this podcast will air in the first week of June, and then yeah. the podcast after, after that, that, which yes. we have not yet to do, will we'll more Cup. than likely have a Stanley Cup champion at that point. Maybe we'll do it in Vegas when uh, we're all out there. Yes. Have some fun uh, at when the When all at the, the legends awards. of the hockey world. I will be presenting an award, right, at the NHL uh, Yes, I believe so. No, I present I presented an award at the Revolver Awards. I know. Why not the NHL Awards? I did, too. No, I'll, I'll be there. And I'll I cracked three ribs. So I'll be there. Yeah, that's right. You can watch out at the Hockey Awards. <laughs> I'll be there uh, uh, consulting George McPhee on the uh, uh, expansion draft. The expansion draft. Yep, don't take Dustin Brown. Ovi. Oh, well, yeah, right. George McPhee, Ovi reunion. That'd be nice. I have a feeling that there'll, there'll be a few ex-caps on that team probably. But these two, these Russian kids they've got, I mean, Slibyshev looks freaking phenomenal playing in them. Hey, World listen, World. Trump's going to have all the Russians in there. Trust me. There it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Dude, we that will... has to be gold for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's It's a jokes... gold for all comedians. There's jokes like, about Saturday Night Live is it's finally funny almost, again. Yeah, it's almost too easy at this point. I got so. jokes about Trump on my album. Yeah, you know, you got to gotta have them in there, man. I'm going to uh, yeah, <laughs> look for my tour dates in Moscow coming there. up. <laughs> you know. Hey, that's nice over there. You never know. Well, cool. Well, thanks again, man, and we'll Thank see you guys, guys next month and uh, later.